are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This morning when I talked to the team, it was really difficult. We did a Zoom call as long as I have enough people around me to know how to do those things. And that was really, really difficult. And when I came in and I saw the former players in the lounge, that was really difficult. And then when I realized that I was going to walk through that tunnel for the last time. Park the Sound is your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked on Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor and make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked on Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. You heard from Roy already, and we're gearing up for, again, what should be just a celebration for a coach that put 33 years in the game, 48 really total, but also 18 with Carolina. So why not have some story time? (laughs) Throw it back a little bit. Talk about some celebratory moments. I think it'll be best fit for the group. And then we'll just go from there, right? We're just going to have a good time because while we all might be sad, you know, I think we're more sad about the fact that change is here, right? But we can all celebrate the memories that I think Roy and his guys have really given us. So, dadgummit, we're going to get through this. <laughs> Maybe tears and all. Might get a little misty <laughs> by the end. But we are going to talk about Roy Williams again, who decided to retire from college basketball coaching, as he mentioned on his press conference yesterday, that he is not going to coach any longer. Doesn't know what he's going to do next. But he feels as if he is no longer the right man for a job to lead a team. So we all know Roy Williams, who is a 1972 graduate, concluded his 18th season as the head coach this past year. In addition, he has been a leader, three national championships, led to Tar Tar Heels to a 48, 485 and 163 record two Final Four appearances, and nine regular season championships and three ACC tournament crowns, wins, all of that good stuff, titles, right? So he has been the pillar. He has been, I don't think you put Carolina and Roy not in the same conversation, late night with Roy, all of that good stuff. Funny story, right? If we're being real transparent here, I'm going to start out as I told you it's a story time. I always said one of my dreams was to host Late Night with Roy. I just knew I was going to get into this broadcast game and I was going to be able to come back to my alma mater and lead a late night with Roy. Because I was like, Roy is just never going to retire. Like, he just, <laughs> please. That man is going to be there until the cow come home. And he might not necessarily be leading, running the plays, but he is going to be the face and the staple of UNC's program forever and always. So this change is just not good for me. I'm not having it. I'm not used to it. I'm struggling. But I would do my best, right? So there you go, a little nugget. So whoever the next coach is, whether it's late nights with Wes, you know, fun times at night with Hubert, whatever it is, <laughs> I'm ready for that role one day. So that is my lips to God's ears, right? So in 2005, I was a sophomore maybe even a junior in high school, and Carolina was playing Illinois. I was at YMCA National Championships, and I had the opportunity to catch the game, despite the fact that I was in Florida. I was like, I got to see my Tar Heels. Because as you know, growing up in North Carolina, you got three choices. It's NC State, it's Carolina, or it's Duke. I eventually found my way 
to those good boys in God's blue, right? And decided that I was going to be able to create this fandom and this excitement toward maybe one day going there, but I also very much wanted to go far away from home. So Chapel Hill wasn't exactly on my radar per se. And then of course the stars aligned, you know how the rest goes. But in high school, getting to see Raymond Felton, getting to see Sean May and the rest of the guys be able to get through a very good Illinois team and come out on top. That was my first piece of motivation and success towards, all right, when you put in the work, something else, something great can happen, right? So that was my first time seeing national level type status and stardom. And of course, I'm sitting here at nationals and I haven't won anything myself, but it was a nice motivation piece, right? It was a nice idea and let me see beyond myself like if I put in the effort and I work through the tough the difficulties I'm going to come out on top and then literally a year later I won my first national championship individually and I was like oh okay I like this feeling right this really feels good this is an amazing you know opportunity didn't get a chance to win another national championship individually until 2008 but when I say I was so hell-bent on putting in work and seeing output, right, and seeing the goals and the wins and what have you and the gold medals and all of that, that really had a lot to do with Roy and his guys. He made me see different. He made me see that, you know, championships were achievable from people in North Carolina, from small town people in North Carolina. When you think about, of course, UNC basketball is a staple, but back when Roy got the program, they were almost living through the Matt Doherty years, right? I was living through the struggle years where we were just trying to be in the conversation. So I am just sitting on a high as a high schooler, like, okay, listen, I rep for Carolina XYZ and there has you, there you have it. So that was just something for me that looking back, that was my first little piece of championship and hard work and effort. And then you go to 2009, right? Freshman year, just committed to Carolina, was very excited about my opportunity to be a Tar Heel. I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I committed to one of the greatest universities. I am a swimmer, so I get to hang out with certain guys and you know, kick it with Ty Lawson's of the world and Tyler Hansbrough's of the world and really just be embodied in all that is the Carolina family and culture, right? And so I'm just geeked. And so you go through freshman year and you train and you meet some of the team, meeting Danny Green and meeting the rest of the players. And we all become family. We're so you support. So I couldn't go to every game. I'm not going to sit here and hold you. Girl had practice at the wee hours of the morning. You know how summer's lives are, 5.30 a.m., all that good stuff, right? But just be able to catch some games every now and then from my bedroom, you know, the dorm, because I was getting up for practice, you know, seeing the work that those guys are putting in and just also the pressure that is, right? I remember walking on campus one time and a young lady was like walking beside me and Dion and she's on the back of her phone and she's on her phone behind us telling her mom like, oh my God, mama, it's Dion Thompson. And I think that was my first gift to like, People really just want to be in these players' presence. Like, they're, of course, they're normal guys, whatever, what have you, but they don't care about none of that. Like, people idolize these guys from, like, walk on air when they come on campus. So that's why, you know, if I think about Walker Kessler and guys transferring, I'm so sad that they have not yet gotten the real Carolina basketball experience when it comes to just getting adored 
just for being a player, right? You haven't done nothing necessarily. You haven't gotten like buckets on buckets. You literally are just a guy who gets to put on a Carolina jersey, which is something that a lot of people dream of. So you fast forward towards the end of the season, you see the ACC title, you see the ACC tournament, and it's like, eh, cool. You Then you get to the NCAA tournament, and you're like, this is a team that's just built different, right? You see the ACC title, right? But you're like, this, this team, this might be better than that. And just seeing them beat people by double digits, handedly, time in, time again, was just like, wow, this, this is probably one of the best college teams I've ever seen in my life. Easily, hands down. And my, of course, like I said, they're normal guys like you and I are the hangout XYZ, but when they were on that floor and the way they beat Michigan State and how handedly they beat Michigan State, again, excellence was the standard. That was my first chance to ever really rush. Uh, that was my first chance to ever really rush Franklin Street the way that you're supposed to, right? Of course, you do. I didn't do it for Duke because, again, had practice, all that stuff. But national championship, the first time I ever got to really rush Franklin, get engulfed in that jump fire, experience all the goodness, and watching the game at one of my teammates' house, being able to run up to the street. You just full-fledged running out, all out pace. Of course, you felt that the next day, but who cared because you've won a national championship. This is everything they tell you is supposed to be in college culture. And so seeing that, I'm just like, wow, excellence is the standard. So for when I get on this show every single day and talk to y'all and tell y'all about how, you know, the standard for me is excellence and anything below winning is just not going to do it. It's because I've seen it since infancy, my collegiate career, right? Ever since I was a student athlete, I saw national championship wins. So anything below that is just not going to ever be good enough. <laughs> and that's okay, right? But I think that, you know, a lot of people go, like, okay, I have more grace. I don't know. I don't know. I've just seen too much goodness to know that, that it, that's what's in this program. And so to see Roy not give that any longer, to say he's not the right man for the job and really be humble and gracious and come out and admit, you know, insecurities about it, that was tough yesterday, right? I don't know for anybody else, but the whole idea I was watching or I was reading some tweets from a lady I follow, I love Lauren Brownlow. And talk about imposter syndrome. And I was like, damn, Roy Williams, the same person who's won championship after championship, title after title, is feeling a way about his you know, abilities, questioning himself and whether or not he can lead a team to greatness? Seriously? Like, that's just not how I expected this to go at all. And that was just so, my heart, it tugged. It, it tugged and pulled at that. So I think that's something that, you know, whenever you look back and please go rewatch that on GoHills.com. I promise you, you walk away feeling different that as much as we are all champions on the court and in the fields and on the, in the pool and all that good stuff, like we're, people are human. And that was a real human moment that I saw from Roy Williams. So there's that, right? That's just the 2005-2009 experience. But of course, I got to give you that 2017 because I never thought I would be back in Chapel Hill. Of course, I had graduated by then gone on to do my life and I was figuring I've never you know why would I ever be back in Chapel Hill for whatever reason but there's a great story to that as well that I want to share but first I gotta tell y'all about bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action football might be over but NBA college basketball March Madness particularly and NHL are in full swing real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up at BetOnline.ag. 
head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and you receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. I'm not telling you to look on Locked On Today for any reason at all other than I'm going to be up there. And I'm going to give the what's what when it comes to Roy Williams' retirement. So if you're thinking about catching a good lock on today, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Breaking news story. Got the opportunity to actually put on makeup to make up this go around, right? I looked like something. So you're welcome. <laughs> I had the opportunity to talk with Peter about Roy's transition to being whatever he desires. And it was so, again, another human moment. When Roy was talking about the fact that he just didn't know what was next, he wanted to go enjoy his family, of course, but whatever's to come. And I think that's a beautiful thing, but I'm sure that's scary, as he mentioned, for someone in who's 70 plus, right, to have to try and start over, right? We, we're 20, 30s, 45, and we're like, okay, might have to pivot a little bit. But to think about someone who is seriously trying to figure out life again or be able to just enjoy life, maybe really, because so much is sacrifice giving into others, huh, that's got to be a big old exhale for that man. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. I hope he enjoys golf, his grandkids, and Wanda, and all of that good stuff. But I got to give you that 2017 story like I promised, right? So in 2017, your girl had just finished training for trials. I was retired, trying to figure out my way. What was I going to do next in my life? I just didn't really know. But I ended up getting this operations job after moving from, I ended up getting this operations job after graduating from grad school, training a little bit, working for the same, or the Hurricanes, and then just kind of looking for work, right? Ended up taking a role at the School of Business, which a lot of you probably pass every single day. A lot of you have passed on your way to a basketball game or even a football game on Saturday sits right at the top of the hill as you get into campus. That's a school of business. You're welcome. And so I was working there as their operations associate and helping them kind of function, right? 2016, 2017, again, supporting the guys, right? Just being a fan at this point, not a student athlete, not nothing else, just being an absolute fan. Then of course, as we year up for another final four, another championship game. I saw 26. I was there in 2016 and I was in players. I saw Marcus Pay shoot that shot. And like Roy Williams mentioned yesterday, one of the best shots ever in all the history of shooting and anything he's ever seen. Totally agree. Totally agree. Heart broke. Cause I'm like, he shot the shot of all shots. And then you have Chris Jenkins shoot. This shot of all shots. And when I tell you it was the hardest walk back to my car after losing a national championship game, whew. but to see the guys stay motivated and win in 2017 was just unfreaking believable. Redemption story, all of that good stuff, and playing against a really good team and an opponent. And I just, how can you not be a Carolina fan after seeing that back-to-back and then ultimately getting the title? Like Roy mentioned, it's just a different air about it. It's a different level of appreciation and work ethic that you see out of those kids. 
And man, 2017 had the opportunity working in schools government to go and watch the game and yet again, back at players <laughs> this time, really ready to enjoy what was going to be a great, great night. Got my pizza, sat in there with my old teammates. It was awesome. Then we win the championship and I got to rush Franklin. And I'm going to tell you, keep it a band. Rushing Franklin at 25, 26, 27 is not the same as your 18 and 19 year old self. Like it's cute to get in the crowd for like 10 minutes. And then you're kind of like, all right, <laughs> don't push me anymore. I'm over it. Let me go. Let me go on the outside of the mosh pit type environment. And let me just go ahead and enjoy the win for what it is. Guys, take my pictures and all that good stuff. And listen, I, I was good on it. It's cold, ready to go home, right? So it's definitely a unique experience from 18 then to 26 to 27, but still nonetheless, winning and seeing and being around the vibe and atmosphere of a national championship, it doesn't get much better. Excellence is the standard. And to see my growth in sports media game and be able to talk about it, I'm like, listen, it doesn't get much better, <laughs> right? This is ultimately, how can I really be anything less than grateful for this opportunity to do what I do on the daily? So that's my 2005, 2009, 2017 experience. And I got to tell you just, you know, ultimately what it all means for me personally, I will share that. But first, we have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while. Built Bar is amazing, low, cal low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber protein bar. It's 100% covered in chocolate. Built Bar Madness is here. The finals are set. Co coconut cookie crunch and cookie dough are the finalists. Not sure who won yet, but feel free to go check at bar underscore built or at builtbar.com to get your vote in it. The champion is announced. Congrats to whoever that is. I'm not feeling the coconut. Can't even lie to you. I'm not going to hold you. I will get cookie dough all day. That would be my vote if I were you, right? But remember to use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who will ultimately the winner. Now, are you ready for the NFL Draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on 2021 draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. So wrapping up today's show, thank you guys again for taking the time to listen. <sighs> you know, it's hard. I ain't going to hold you. I got a little misty. Towards the end, I got to say at the beginning, and I think that's just naturally when I see people cry, it automatically makes me get a little, you know, a little emotional, right? Because you can tell it just screams off the page, especially for men. I don't know. Something about men crying, like really showing that vulnerability and that emotion gets me every single time without fail. And so as I end, you know, whoo, there it is. My, it almost came, right? I, I felt a tear bubbling up in the system. But no, on a serious note, you know, as a student athlete, as a non-revenue sport athlete, as someone whose sport is so dependent on endowed scholarships, it's a testament to who Roy is and who he has created in terms of his players giving back, other philanthropists giving back, 
all the times that he doesn't want to be acknowledged, <laughs> but almost has to. Because once you see Roy do it, you're like, oh, well, where's my money at? <laughs> right? Where's my donation and giving and all of that great stuff? I think it's so critical to have and see someone like that on that level give back in the way that he does. And so for me, being a non-revenue student athlete, I'm so grateful for guys like Roy who give their time and talents to come, you know, at times speak to a student athletes who are not basketball players, to come to our creed events, to come to our leadership conferences, just to give gems, right? We all know what he probably pours in his players beyond, but to take the time out of his schedule just to talk to us and, you know, let us know <laughs> how important we are to this Carolina family means a lot. So, you know, we say all that to say, thank you, Roy, for all that you've done for student athletes and beyond, for the community of Chapel Hill, for Tar Heels everywhere, right? You created and helped us create memories for ourselves. And I think the hard part of life is change happens. It's gonna come, it's inevitable. We never want it to come. (laughs) We're never expecting it, never feels good. But one thing that always felt great was Roy Williams and those Carolina Tar Heels running out on that court. And to know that, like Adam Lucas mentioned, you started out with $100 in your pocket and ended up with the court being named after you in a Hall of Famer speaks volumes to who your char- what your character is, who you are as a person, who you are as a man. And again, just to see how your players <laughs> have poured into you. I'm sure there's thousands other stories that people are going to share. But for me, I say thank you. Because beyond that, ain't no much more to say, right? Thank you. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for what you've done. All that good stuff. So there's that. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Make sure you stay smart and safe out there. It should be beautiful. We are one step closer to being outside. As long as we do what we need to do, Roy Cooper is on our side when it comes to getting us back out here. So please enjoy that North Carolina weather smart and safely. And, you know, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel, like we said, but we always end it as beautifully as we know how, and that is Go Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.